Hey guys, it's Jameer. Uh, I'm back for a little bit. Uh, got a little break at work. You know, just been a bit busy getting everything done. You know, it's been a busy day. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. You know, uh, these weird times, it's great to, you know, safely be with family and friends and, you know, celebrating and everything. So I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. And I hope everybody has a safe and wonderful holiday as well. You know, uh, when we get to Christmas time. So anyways, uh, I'm just going to talk about a few scenarios and a few games I think are key matchups and a few players as well. So as we all know, uh, Hill made his second start uh, last week against the Broncos. And it uh, wasn't as, you know, um, (laughs) I I don't want to say it wasn't as impressive because, I mean, he he still added two rushing touchdowns. But from a passing perspective, it, it wasn't his best day. You know, uh, but again, we did what we needed to do to win the game. And the Broncos were in a peculiar situation themselves. So they basically had all of their quarterbacks be quarantined uh, a few days before the matchup was to be set because uh, one of the quarterbacks, I think it was Jess Driscoll, tested positive. So they ended up being in a situation where they had no quarterback to play the game. So then the situation came where... You know, are we going to play this game? Are we going to postpone this game? Uh, What are we going to do? And according to uh, league rules, an NFL game won't get postponed because of competitive reasons. I mean, it wasn't a big outbreak. It was just the quarterback room had to quarantine. So the game went on and played, and the Broncos went and signed a practice squad player who was just a week ago working in sales. Uh, his name was, I hope I get it right, Kendall Hinton. So <laughs> they picked him up and he didn't, he hadn't played quarterback since uh, his Wake Forest days, which was back in 2017. So the Broncos really just scrambled and got who they needed at the time to play this game. Uh, if you watch the game, you also saw that they had Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman as well in the Wildcat, you know, just trying to get some kind of spark on the offense, but really uh, that game, I I don't believe it was taken that serious by the Broncos, you know, because they realized that we don't have our starting quarterback. We're in a peculiar situation and they probably just told him, just go out and do the best you can against, which is uh, the Saints now, which are after this Sunday are the number one defense in the league, which we haven't been since uh, 2002. I think it was a 2000. I'm not sure. It's one of those years. It's been a while. <laughs> and to say that we have a number one defense as a Saints fan is just mind-boggling because we remember those seven and nine years where it looks like we would never have a good defense again. It was just sometimes heartbreaking and heart-wrenching to watch, like a whole three-hour torture chamber watching that defense play sometimes. But now, uh, as we see better days are with us now, as the defense has completely stepped up. I think we need to also talk about the Quan Alexander trade, how that basically was a steal for the Saints, really. I mean, he came in, and everyone is saying it's like he's been here since day one. You know, him and Demario Davis have picked up a great relationship in just, you know, the two weeks they played, and he's made an immediate impact. I mean, this Sunday even had a fumble that if uh he hadn't gotten shoestring tackled that would have been uh for six. So Quan Alexander has made a real big impact for us 
on the defensive side. And the fact that we're all relatively healthy now, I mean, Janoris Jenkins, he had uh, picks for the day as well. I mean, it's just been impressive to see the defense completely flip the switch from the earlier weeks. And credit to Dennis Allen as well for making the adjustments he needed to get us to look back and you know, the elite form that we've been used to seeing since the class of 2017 came in and when we acquired Demario Davis in free agency. And so uh, it's it just been great. And we also had, you know, 2017 draft pick Trey Hendrickson come in and he, he's making immediate impact. So all of the stars are falling in the in a line for the defense as of now. Really, the only concern now is just, you know, keeping ourselves healthy when we get to playoff time, I think that's also been one of the issues we've had going into January. We're always missing a key player or key players, and they're injured. So I think if we can keep them healthy, we can extend our streak of you know just go just going to a divisional or losing the wild card or something like that, and we can actually make the Super Bowl run that we've been wanting to see you know the past three years. Uh, so going back to Hill, though, uh, Hill doing his job. I mean, I don't expect him to, you know, come out and make Drew Brees numbers because, I mean, as much as he models Drew Brees, he, there's not another Drew Brees. And I know some Saints fans are wanting to see Jameis, but like I said, I trust Sean the process. I do think we'll still see Jameis at some point during this skit. Uh, he came in. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, I think we want to see the snaps of where he actually gets meaningful ones, where he, you know, gets to display his arm talent, display uh, what he looks like when he's taking those reps. I mean, so I think we're even, I think the whole football world and some Saints fans are wondering, I mean, so is Hill going to be our quarterback of the future or is Winston going to be? And where where do we go from that? So uh, is, is it going to be an interesting dialogue you know, the, the, the rest of the year until uh, Breeze gets back. Because we have two more games, supposedly, till we get Breeze back for the important Kansas City Chiefs game. With uh, that being said, uh, I believe that we should complete the rest of the skid 4-0. You know, uh, can we play the Falcons again? Can we play the Eagles? And uh, those are two, like, under 500 teams who I think we should, you know, basically win at a comfortable rate if we play to the way we've been playing and don't make, you know, silly errors and anything like that, costly turnovers, you know, stuff like that. Just don't get away from the way we've been playing since uh, Breeze has been out. So that's my little stint with the Saints. Uh, let's talk about Tampa Bay. Um, Honestly, the, the way Tampa Bay is playing, it doesn't really shock me. I mean, I said... Even when they acquired Tom Brady, I said they still don't have that great of an offensive line. The NFC South has way better defenses than the AFC East that uh, Brady was accustomed to. I mean, it's just it's just different, you know, in, in the South. Just and everyone's saying, "Oh, Brady's gonna come in and he's gonna take over the South in just one year and then go and win the Super Bowl." And I said, "Well, I mean." He'll come in and there'll be improvement. I did say they'll make the playoffs with Brady because, you know, it's Tom Brady. He's not going to not make the playoffs, at least. But I said they would be their best bet was to be 10 and 6. And they're heading through that mark right now. I mean, they're 7 and 5 right now. Honestly, in my opinion, it should be 6 and 6 because they got a favorable call against the Giants a couple of uh, weeks ago. 
But nonetheless, they're seven and five. I mean, people are like saying, oh, man, we didn't expect this. But I'm like, mm, I mean, you kind of shut up because, I mean, that's still the same Tampa Bay O-line that, you know, was getting Jameis killed sometimes. And then you put an older 43-year-old Brady where, yeah, he can sling it farther. But what does it matter if he's not connecting and getting sent to the other team? You know, I mean, so really, I mean, yeah, he can throw farther. But if it's not accurate, then, I mean, will be. It's not really a big deal. You know, so, I mean, I, I I can honestly say I'm not shocked with the results at all of how the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, are doing. The record doesn't shock me. The play style doesn't shock me. I mean, of course, they got all the big names and everything. But, I mean, if you're not able to get them to, <laughs> to your targets, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can have Megatron out there. You got Jerry Rice out there. But if you're not having enough time to throw and you're throwing picks, like that, those just names on the field at that point. So I think that's uh, why most people are overreacting, saying, why why are the Bucks looking like this? And also, Brady's coming from a whole different offense. He has to talk to uh, Bruce Arians, and Bruce Arians is more of a, uh, you know, don't, no risk it, no biscuit type of coach. So, I mean, everyone knew what they were getting into going to his game. So, like I said, none of it shocks me. Plus, you're going against the defending champions, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, nobody's shocked. I mean, Tyreek Hill made Carlton Davis look like uh, just a scrub, really, the entire time. I mean, over 200 yards, two-plus touchdowns. I mean, just running all over the field. Mahomes proving that uh, he should be the MVP, honestly. You know, in, in my opinion, it's between, you know, him and Russell right now. You know, you put Amber Mitchell and Aaron Rodgers in there as well. But to me, right now, Mahomes is being the clear-cut MVP right now the way it plays out we'll see how the rest of the season goes but uh we'll just have to watch and see if he continues this momentum but right now i think he's in favor to repeat as the uh mvp well not repeat but you know get it two out of three years and one last thing uh the piss we have a game today we have a football game today interesting enough against the ravens and the Steelers, you know, uh, the undefeated Steelers are at home and the Ravens are traveling. And yeah, this game was supposed to be played on Thanksgiving, but you know, the COVID-19 outbreaks kept on updating and coming and went from supposed to be in play from Thursday to Sunday. And then another outbreak happened. So they had to move it to Tuesday. Some players didn't feel comfortable playing on Tuesday. So they moved to today. Now, barring any uh, other uh, outbreak or anything. The game's supposed to be played in about an hour and some change. And obviously, I'm going to just go with the Steelers here because, you know, the Ravens are missing too many, too many uh, big names. I, I don't even think Lamar Jackson is playing. I think he's out too with COVID-19. So we're going to see RG3, you know, make his little comeback. But that defense and and the way that offense is rolling, you know, with the, the wide receivers and everything. I mean, I think that the Steelers are at least going to win by two touchdowns, at least, just just based off of it. Unless they have like a Dallas Cowboys game where they just completely just look off. You know, but not to get in the Steelers fan business, and this is going to be my last point for our exit. I think that if I'm the Steelers, I at least want to get, I know it sounds weird, but I want to have at least one to two losses, you know, at the end of the year on my schedule just because, you know, history doesn't really favor people that are undefeated, especially in football, usually in NFL football. 
undefeated at the season. I mean, we saw that with the the Patriots of 07. They had the undefeated streak and lost in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if if the Steelers go undefeated, I mean, kudos to them. They're the number one seed. They basically earned that respect. But I don't know. It's something about being undefeated that adds that pressure, you know, from a media perspective, from a player perspective. It's like, well, hey, if we lose now, there is no next week. I mean, that's it. I mean, you basically went undefeated for no reason. So I think that's a that that's in my perspective. I think they may need to have that little that little game where they, you know, have to make adjustments, end up losing. You know, I don't know who else is on their schedule really that can challenge them in that way, though. So that's the weird part. But again, they've actually almost all the games they've been in, besides a handful, have been you know tight games. Have been games where they you know had to have a last minute comeback. You know especially in the Dallas and Baltimore games. I mean, you had back-to-back games where the defense basically had a last-minute stop to have you be undefeated still. But, you know, uh, it's just going to be – it is what it is. I mean, you have to show up every week. So, I mean, you can't just downplay your style of play because you think, oh, we don't need to go undefeated. So that's just my take as a fan and me seeing sports history, you know, uh, all the time not being favorable, but who knows, you know, it's going to be an interesting season. Definitely going to be the hardest season to win a Super Bowl bar none because of the pandemic, because of COVID-19. So in my opinion, this will easily be the hardest Super Bowl to reach and the hardest Super Bowl to win. So, I mean, that's just going to be my opinion on the matter. So uh, as always, I'll try to, uh, you know, update you guys on a few games that I like. As always, for the Who That Nation, love you guys. Let's get us a victory against the Dirty Birds on Sunday. Later.